0: Thank you for listening to the Finally Quit Porn Podcast. My name is Thomas Molyneux and I am here to share my own journey of quitting porn and a lot of tips, advice, stories and really interesting guests who have their own perspectives on how to quit porn for good. If you would like further support, go and check out thomasmolyneux.com where you can find more resources. So thanks a lot for listening. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finally Quit Porn podcast. Today I'm joined by Courtney Boyer. Welcome on the show, Courtney. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining me. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you what you do?
1: Sure. So um, my name is Courtney and I am a relationship and sexuality expert. I am also the author of Not Tonight, Honey, Why Women Actually Don't Want Sex and What We Can Do About It. And I have been in the field for, oh gosh, 15 or so years, Uh, first as a sexuality educator and then as a mental health and sex therapist, and more recently as, I guess, kind of a relationship coach. And I work with individuals and couples and really am uh, just super passionate about helping to sexually empower women and helping them to prioritize pleasure in their life so that they can... Oh, just live more abundantly and fully and enjoyably.
0: Yeah. amazing. how did you get into all of this?
1: <laughs> um, so I grew up in the church in the U.S. in a very conservative uh, e- evangelical Christian church. So it's um, where the whole purity movement, so no sex before you get married and lots of shame associated with any type of sexual activity, body image, Um And so I grew up in that world and really felt like it was so harmful, the messaging that women were getting and wanted to do something about it. And so I told my parents, I don't want to go to law school anymore. I want to go and study sex. So um, I didn't know at the time what I actually wanted to do with that. I just knew that I was passionate about this field and wanted to explore it. And so that's really how I got into it.
0: So did you get into it at quite a young age then?
1: Yeah. So when I was 21, I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be going to apply. I'm not applying for law school guys. Um, but I said that I was going to go to graduate school and I didn't know I was, so I looked into sociology and then I found a program that had a, a human sexuality program. And I mean, this was before like things were common on the internet. So nowadays it's, you know, you can find a program in 10 seconds, but you know, 20 years ago, that was not the case
0: has there been a lot more well I'm guessing the answer is yes but like how do you think like attitudes towards sex have changed since you first started getting into it in, in like your early 20s
1: oh gosh when i well i think it, it's just become so much more mainstream um in in terms of gosh at least in the states so i've been in europe for <clears throat> four and a half years now and i'd say that the attitudes here are pretty more accepting than it is in the states but you know, 20 years ago, sex was still something that people just did not talk about in a healthy way. You know, homosexuality was still a big taboo. A lot of people were starting to, you know, grapple with that and, and start to come to terms with it. Uh, the idea of having a podcast about masturbation would just like, <laughs> I think big people's heads explode or porn or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's definitely evolved. I think Uh, a lot for the positive but obviously there's there's a lot of misinformation out there uh, that exists which is unfortunate and I think a lot of uh, shame that is still perpetuated through social media in a lot of different aspects so
0: Mm. when you talk about those like misconceptions and the shame that's perpetuated through social media is there anything that comes to mind
1: I mean so I mean to be honest one of the things I see is um, the perpetuation of Oh, gosh, sexual arousal, sexual response through porn, um, to, to most mainstream porn is very misleading and very harmful in terms of, and I'm not even talking like it, people who become, you know, obsessed with it, but it's more of just this idea that, you know, this is what a woman's body looks like, like a, a normal, quote unquote, normal woman's yeah. body, even this is what a man's body looks like. But more so, what I've seen is this expectation of how women perform sexually. And so that's really, I think, affected an entire generation of men and women because then they like, oh, well, he's expecting, this is obviously for heterosexual relationships, but, you know, like he's expecting me to look this way and perform this way and show up this way. And so then there's that pressure because that's, isn't that normal? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? And then that's something that men, a lot of men expect. And so then it's just this cycle of, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I expect this. I need to do this
0: type of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that creates some shame for both men and women in like the bedrooms, sexually?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, especially because that's not how women's like, ah, just that is not how women's bodies react, you know, sexually as how it's portrayed. You know, they're not coming within three minutes of getting rammed over and over again. Like, And so then there's this, like, what's wrong with me? Am I taking too long? Am I sexually broken? Um, Those are just these thoughts that perpetuate a woman and overwhelm her, and then that leads to shame. And it's hard to talk about that with somebody when you don't have those communication skills. And a lot of people were never taught how to talk about sex, let alone feelings around sexuality and sexual intimacy.
0: Yeah, and in your work, do you... Do you work with women then who, in one way or another, are are maybe being harmed in some way by the porn industry and and the, the perception that what's in porn is real.
1: Oh, of course, I'm sure. You know, I mean, I think uh, I've had clients where their partners have been pretty obsessed with porn, and so then that's affected their ability to be intimate in their sexual relationship you know, it's a lot easier to engage in porn and masturbate than it is to have an, a sexual relationship with an actual human person. Like that's, that's scary and vulnerable and hard and requires a lot of not just like sexual skills, but just communication, you know, oh, self-awareness. Um, and that is, I think something that this digital age is really doing our younger generation a disservice because those are skills that we're not you know equipping them with to be able to have good open healthy conversations around these really sensitive issues
0: mm-hmm. you think there's a reason that people don't want to talk about these things with with partners yes.
1: <laughs> because it's embarrassing like i think that there is i mean it's it's embarrassing because that's the way a lot of us have been raised uh, i mean it's multi there's so many reasons why i think for women a lot of women don't, especially younger women, um, women in their twenties and thirties, they really just don't know what they want. And so they give over to this, well, I'm just going to do whatever he wants to do and then it's okay. And then I'll make him happy. And then well, everything will be fine. And so it's hard to have a conversation about, well, like, I don't really enjoy this, but I don't know what I enjoy. So I can't offer you a substitute. I just know that like, this is just okay. Um, And so I think that is one of the problems. Two, we're really afraid of hurting people's feelings because sex is such a personal, intimate thing. Like if I don't like how you kiss me, like that is kind of hard to like tell you without making you feel really offended. Or if I don't like how you touch me, or if I uh, sometimes enjoy it a certain way, but then I'm like, well, this this isn't feeling so good. If I don't have that confidence to communicate that, then that's going to be really hard to have a productive conversation without people feeling defensive or then somebody backpedaling and like, okay never mind never mind I don't and then we start to get resentful because now we're in a relationship where our sexual needs aren't being met and yeah.
0: and how do you like bridge that gap then from going you know from not having the confidence to talk about these things because yeah they are quite awkward to talk about it can be embarrassing and you know you can have shame around it as well like how do you go from that place to actually having that healthy dialogue with somebody
1: yeah I think that if you it depends on the the goal of the relationship so if you are in a situationship or if you're just like banging somebody because I don't know you have nothing else better to do that's not really the appropriate relationship to like have those conversations with per se because you're, the, the investment is pretty shallow, right? And there's no, there's no judgment there. Like, I don't care. you want to do whatever, that's fine. I have, I'm not here to tell people how to behave sexually as long as everybody's consenting. Um, But I think for actual like romantic relationships, so a relationship that I am and that both partners are invested in and we want to please our partners, we want to receive and give pleasure. I think having that open dialogue of, hey, like, it's important that we share when things go well and things that don't go well, things that we're interested in, things that we hear about. Uh, one of the things that I like to do with clients or just anybody who will listen to me is to tell them to use a buffer. And so a, a buffer is a great way to like, um, kind of ease into a conversation. So for example, somebody could say, you know, Bob, I was listening to this podcast on open relationships and... I'm really curious, like, what do you think about open relationships? Or I read this article about the harmful effects of porn. Like, do you watch porn? Like, what do you think about that? So you're using like a, a third party as a way to kind of introduce the topic so that it's not as um jarring or it's not as like, well, this is what I think about it. What do you think? Like, whoa, okay, like that feels really personal. Whereas I'm kind of introducing something that's a little bit more like neutral or something I heard about. And now I'm, you know, seeking your opinion and that's kind of a doorway that can really open up some really great conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. I think like a lot of it's just because it's, it is such a sensitive sort of topic. And I think what I've experienced personally in my sex life is I think like a sort of, Yeah, that sort of one night stand kind of culture. It probably isn't for me right now in life. Maybe it will be in the future, but I think I'll probably have some work to do around my own sort of sexuality and sort of this Mm -hmm. whole dealing with porn thing because the porn thing, it certainly led to a lot of anxiety for me. And then there was a few times in the past, not always, and I guess it would depend on how comfortable I felt with the woman. But what would happen is due to me being quite, um getting into this habit of looking at like sexual content and and relating my sexuality to a screen which is quite unhealthy if you do it too much right Uh, Mm -hmm. what happened over time is I basically couldn't perform you know I had erectile dysfunction a few times with women Um, Mm -hmm. and and, like once I'd had sex once with a girl it was like fine if we were in like a relationship or something so I felt comfortable with them but anyway the point is I remember I did have like a one-night stand And I just felt like it just didn't feel quite right to me. And This was like a few months back because I guess we hadn't got to that place where the communication was that healthy. And I think for me, if you're not really like fully confident in that moment, I don't know, maybe it's best to kind of take a step back and, and kind of work on having like the communication and stuff with a woman first, like build a connection with them before investing sexually. Um, but I don't know, I'm curious on your thoughts on all of that, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've actually been really surprised with how many men in their 20s are not interested in one night stands. Because I think there's this stereotype that, you know, men in their 20s just want to fuck whatever, like all the time. And I think that that's a really unfair stereotype. I don't know how old you are, but um, you look like you're in your 20s. <laughs> I, am, I am, yeah. <laughs> okay, Um <laughs> But I think that's an unfair stereotype because there are a lot of men that I've found that are really in, they desiring a connection mm. and they, they acknowledge that sex is better when there's a connection.
0: Oh, 100%. That, yeah. Oh,
1: and, and there's nothing, again, like I'm not shaming people. Like you want to go have a one night stand, fant- great. I don't fucking care. Um, but I think that if you are looking for meaningful connection, that does not come about from a one night stand. Um, and one of the things I've also noticed, especially with women, is that women, it's not that they're not interested in one-night stands, but when, what ends up happening for women is that we get not very pleasurable sexual encounters from one-night stands. Like the orgasm gap for m- men and women is huge for a one-night stand because men are just not really they're, – they're not there for – The pleasure of the female for the most part, like, and, and that's really what studies show is that it's about a a sexual gratification and it's about two people coming together for whatever reason. And it's not that orgasm has to be the, the end goal, but that is one of the things that I've seen with, um, women. It's not that they are more prudish or more opposed to more casual quote unquote sex. It's that the casual sex that they have been having, and a lot of times, right, that that's been influenced by what you were just saying, that lack of communication and maybe lack of awareness, that it's been a, a less pleasurable experience for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. And I think from my experience, like, I can think of two different times where I've had a one night stand and like, on, like, I remember one experience and it was kind of just because, and this this is like hard to admit, but if I'm like truly honest, it's kind of because the girl was very attractive and it was kind of just sort of there. Like I I had the opportunity, like she wanted to basically. And I kind of felt maybe because of the societal norms around me and and various things, I kind of thought, well, you know, I sort of may as well, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's like easily available sex with an attractive woman. And, you know, she wants to, it's like, why not? Yes. Um, What's
1: wrong with me? Why would I say no to that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then like, having had that experience I think if I was in the same situation again now I actually would be like actually do I really want to do this like how into this girl am I you know I've only known her maybe three hours you know is this a good idea I've just been on one date um, and I, I think I wouldn't I don't, I don't think I would have sex again in that situation because I learned from that experience like this isn't really worth it and for me in life I do want that connection I want sort of more meaning in my life in, in every area of life you know that's how I am in work that's how I am with friendships. That's how I am with family. And I guess what I've learned from this conversation so far is that, like, how you are in the rest of life can certainly influence how you are in your sexual life. And because I focus so much on meaning in so many other areas of life, it seems almost wrong to focus on temporary disconnected pleasure for a short period of time Mm -hmm. when that's just not who I am in any other area of life. So why would I be like that in my sex life, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful self-awareness. Like, I think that that is something that I really, really, really hope that you hold on to and really explore and have that be a value of yours. And it's not that that has to, um, it's not that that's not allowed to change to be like, you know what, like, I just want to go have a good time. And like, if that involves a casual sexual encounter, that's fine. But I think that knowing what it is that is kind of is like your baseline of like, this is like the minimum of what I'm willing to accept um, because of what I value these, these values in all areas of my life, I think that that's, I think that's super beautiful. And and I really hope that other people start to have that kind of self awareness of like, you know, what it, is it that I'm really, you know, seeking in a lot of these sexual connections, because it's easy to say, Oh, well, I'm just looking to get off. But I think, oh, if we really allow ourselves to dig more deep, that there's something deeper there, like, mm. like there's connection, there's validation, there's um like not wanting to feel lonely like there's just but a lot of times that doesn't feel safe to explore and so we stay on this upper level of like no i'm just going to get my rocks off and just you know get in get out move on type of thing
0: yeah so do you feel like there's deeper layers to explore when it comes to sexuality sometimes and people aren't necessarily like conscious of them because they just kind of see the surface level like horniness yes
1: 100 yes and those and those horns are powerful so like let's I'm not going to pretend like that's not, uh, you know, and also, uh, some people will also use sex as a way to, um, process stress. So it's, it becomes, it's not just about, you know, connecting with some other person. There's, there's a lot of meanings that people give to sexual encounters and the, and, you know, releases and all of those things. So, yes, I want to acknowledge that it's not as easy as just saying, oh, just like have more meaningful things and it's going to be better for you. But I think if that's something that you are interested in exploring, which is what you've expressed that, gosh, I would really like to get more out of my sexual encounters going forward because I value, you know, connection and I value like this depth. I think that's beautiful and that you should.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And (laughs) when it comes to pornography and people who are addicted I wonder if you had any advice or any thoughts on on that because I know a lot of people listening maybe wanting to quit porn and and maybe they're having troubles with their their sort of sexual life as a whole I wonder if you had any thoughts
1: yeah I think um, gosh I have I have mixed feelings on it because I think that I've seen the harmfulness that the mainstream porn industry can absolutely have on on everybody, right on the people that are performing on the people that are consuming on the relationships. Uh, and I also think that porn can be when it's consumed ethically when it's I'm a I'm a fan of like feminist produced porn. so like when it's from a certain, when it's produced in ethical ways and whatnot, I think it can be an aid with certain people, but for the most part, most mainstream porn hub, those kind of things can be really harmful and really hurtful to people. And so, if someone's interested in trying to quit that, I think that the the question that I would ask is, "What pain am I trying to mask?" Mm. So it's it's similar to like. Alcohol, using alcohol to to numb and people who be, become in these addicted or compulsive situations where that is their, their answer. Instead of turning to you know a person, instead of turning to a healthy coping skill, they're using uh, something that helps them escape. And so what I would ask you, if this is someone who's struggling, like, what am I trying to escape from? What pain am I trying to run from? And that question will really help light the way for recovery and for people who are trying to just have a more healthy relationship with their sexual you know their um, you know masturbation or you know viewing sexually explicit material but that's definitely something I think that will help
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I think that aligns quite well with my work so I have like seven steps and this is like seven steps to process emotions so it can be any sort of emotion whether that's like sadness anxiety loneliness stress horniness and within that the first three steps are quite yeah they're quite focused on really like understanding yourself and understanding your pain because the first one is right what feelings do I have and you label the feelings and um, as mm-hmm. best you can whatever it is the next step is you kind of consider okay so what thoughts am I having because often it's your thoughts that create your feelings right so you just kind of watch what's going on in your mind like what sort of thoughts am I having And then the third step is actually, okay, do I have any unmet needs right now? And how can Mm -hmm. I get those needs met? So it might be you actually just need a conversation with somebody, or it might be you need to have a glass of water, or you're really wanting some like nutritious food or exercise Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so a lot of this is yeah self-awareness it's kind of just understanding what is it that I'm actually needing right now and what happened to me in the past is I would be dehydrated or I'd be lonely or I'd be anxious and my automatic response would be to escape that difficult challenging sensation let's go look at some sexual content ah Mm -hmm. easy as you like I'm out of that and now I'm feeling good again for a little while that obviously goes away and I'm left feeling pretty empty without my needs being met and now my brain's more overstimulated and I'm I have less energy because I've just looked at porn for a load of time or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's um that's great advice to sort of understand what is the, what is the pain that's going on for you and, and that can definitely help you um, overcome this problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, there's different levels too, you know, there's like the curious, there's the compulsive, right? Like people who they they have to, right? There's just this compulsion, this obsessiveness within them that they have to do that. I don't find that as common. I think that it's more of, it's like an easy fix. You know, it's like going to go smoke a cigarette or it's going to go, you know, drink a, have a beer or two. But it's not to the point where they're an alcoholic. Like it's, it's not become a dependency. Uh, but I think that it, it can still have a significant impact, especially on the way, like. I, you had mentioned, you know, issues with, um, uh, erectile dysfunction. Like that's something I absolutely have seen with men is, uh, their the effect of porn on performance issues. So like coming super fat, like premature ejaculation, um, or, um, erectile dysfunction, or just like this feeling of disconnect in, I mean, they can still, you know, like sexually perform, um, uh, but they, it's like their head's one place and like their body's somewhere else. Yeah, um, yeah, I've
0: been that as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it yeah. definitely can have, right, this just because you're not like, oh my gosh, I'm like jacking off like 15 times a day and like I can't go to work. Like it can still impact your relationships and your abilities. And I think at first, a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> the the impact of something until it really starts to, undermine that relationship. And because a lot of, especially in heterosexual relationships, a lot of women don't feel comfortable being like, dude, every time we have sex, like you don't finish or you come within like 25 seconds or right. There's because there's that fear of, but I don't want to lose that partnership, but I'm afraid to have the conversation, you know,
0: yeah the thought of like the woman actually calling me out for it oh this actually so painful as a man but it's to do with shame right it's to do with shame so you know and then cultural yeah. norms but um, it's just the thought of that I was just like oh my god that'd actually be like the most emasculating thing that I can imagine <laughs> so that's yeah. really challenging
1: but I think it's important like it. it's it's emasculating because that's what the culture has said is emasculating, yeah, right? exactly, there's a, exactly. There's this expectation of like, oh, I should be able to last for hours and do this like, you know, like four four or five times within like a six-hour period. And it's like, what, where do we get that from? We get it from porn, right? We mm. get it from these unrealistic expectations. Everybody's, every, every person's body is able, is not able to do that or able to, you know, like we just depending on like so many factors, stress, age, um, hormone levels, like it's just, yeah, it's it's multifactorial. But I think that acknowledging that, because that's not what they show in porn, right? They don't show the the erection, like, I can't get it up. Like they just like, next, move in the next person, whoever it is. But because it's not as entertaining. And so then we don't realize that these things happen, that like some, you could go down on your female partner and had an erection and she climaxes and and now she wants to have penetrative sex. But now you're not like hard anymore, but that doesn't mean you're not aroused. It doesn't mean you're not enjoying it. But it's easy for her to make that assumption that like, wait, we just were doing the sexual thing and you're not hard anymore. And like, now what's wrong with you? right? Instead of like, mm-hmm. hey, that's just a normal response. We don't have to be virile and like ready to go all of the time
0: yeah absolutely and i think like having these kind of conversations is really important i had a different one as well with a guy called sean russell who was on the front cover of the times magazine here and he was he he had also struggled i think with like erectile dysfunction a few times in his life you know due to porn mostly like porn induced erectile dysfunction similar to me Um, not every time but just yeah now and then and when we had a conversation on this podcast it was really interesting to me because we just had a bit of a laugh about it. Like, we didn't take it too seriously. And that was so refreshing to me because I think what happened in the past is that I've kind of taken this whole sexual problem, like, super, super serious, like, loads of shame around it, just feeling mm-hmm. horrendous, not worthy, and, like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a failure, or blah, 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 all these, like, horrible thoughts. But sometimes if you just, like, kind of take a step back and, like, you zone out and it's, like, you know what, this is actually not, like – the most common thing in the world but it's like there's literally millions of people in the same boat as me right now I'm not alone like there's nothing wrong with me at all and we actually just have a really messed up societal culture because of pornography and and it's just like the the sort of whole system's kind of messed up when it comes to sex like and we've been programmed in a certain way to feel certain feelings and have to have certain Mm -hmm. thoughts about ourselves and it's like it's not our fault um it's not our fault basically and I think that's really- really important to remember and, and that's kind of why sometimes <laughs> I can like yeah but find all of this very refreshing I suppose and um and have a bit of a laugh about it like talk to your mates about it and, and share because I think so often your friends if you have good proper friends they'll be honest and admit that maybe they've had one or two experiences as well sexually where it's not been so great and it's like yeah that's okay or they're just lying and they're like yes. you know, making up you know, like, every, every single time. It's like amazing. Like I lasted for two hours in bed, all this bullshit. And it's like, nah. She so came good. like 10 I'm times. Dead. I don't know
1: what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah.
1: No. And that's something. So like when I've dated, that is what I, that is a conversation, a, a question I will have. It's like just straight out and ask. I'll be like, do you have any sexual dysfunctions? Or do you have any issues that where you feel insecure regarding your sexual performance? Mm-hmm. And And it's interesting to the answers that I get. And I've had men be very honest with me and just be like, yeah, sometimes I've struggled with erectile dysfunction or like, yeah, sometimes I have a really hard time finishing or like I've never orgasmed through oral sex before. Or, I mean, and so it's, I think that if you are comfortable enough to have that conversation with a partner, like it gives, it helps set expectations of like, okay, because it's really easy, especially as women, um, for us. And, and this happens in men as well, but like for us to make it mean something about us to like, mm. oh gosh, I can't get him to come through oral sex. There must be something wrong with me. And maybe, yeah, maybe her technique is shit. Like, and so she does need to work on that, but I mean, or maybe it's an a, a, a bigger issue or this is just not something that that person enjoys, but knowing that ahead of time, that like, hey, I don't have to have this be results focused, meaning I don't have to have orgasm be the focus. I can just explore my partner's body and not have the focus make it to where that they're going to, you know, come or whatnot. whatnot, I think that's a helpful conversation to kind of be aware of, yeah, I've struggled with these things in the past or, Mm -hmm. and and even as a female too, like, you know, I, I am very um, vocal about like, Hey, like this is a situation in which I orgasm or I don't orgasm. And like, this is how my body responds to certain things. And because again, I think a lot of men, when they come in from, having been educated by a porn and they're like oh I just got to like ram it into her for like three minutes and she's going to be like squirting all over the place like nope that's actually not how it works guys um like so it's yeah. ex- like explaining to them like hey like that's I've never done this or this is what I need or this is what I don't need um I think that that's a conversation that should be happening
0: yeah well right so I've had like a few sexual experiences where I've I've kind of, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit nervous at first, right? And then over time, maybe, like, I'll be like, okay, this is why. It's maybe because I'm a bit nervous or anxious or whatever. And then I have been able to get, like, fully erect. I've, like, very good sex and, it's you know, it's been great, whatever. And she's had a good time, all this stuff. uh, So it's great. But then once that experience has happened, it's like the next time, I'm absolutely fine. And it's like the nerves completely go because now I have performed sexually. It's not a problem. But how do you get to that, like, first place? Because as a woman, do you not feel like, right, I want the man to just be like, and is this just due to, like, social norms or is this a natural thing? Like, as a woman, do you just want the man to be like, right, let's go, you know, picks you up, throws you on the bed, let's do it. Do you know what I mean? Or as a woman... Would you be open to a guy actually telling you the truth, being like, look, I'm a little bit anxious. I don't want to get erectile dysfunction, you know. I, I just can't imagine a woman finding that attractive. Do you, do you know what I'm saying?
1: I think it depends. I think if we're in a one-night stand situation, please don't tell me that you're nervous. <laughs> like that's not going to like that's because I I want the fantasy, right? I want to escape. I want to feel good. I want to be desired. I don't want, to, I, I don't care about your emotions. Like, and it, it, okay, I, I'm not saying that about me personally. I'm a very caring person. So, of course, I would care about your feelings. But I think when it, in comes... a one night
0: stand, though, like if you were single in a one night stand, would you actually care about the guy's emotions realistically?
1: Um, yes. And, I mean, I'm, so I'm non monogamous. So I do, I, I mean, I do, I'm married, but I, well, I, I'm married, but I also, I have a boyfriend as well. So I don't, I don't date anymore. But when I did date, um i am uh, trying to think of my one night stand situations no i i mean i i was like i cared about like a base human you know like a baseline of like them as a human but i was like i don't need to know about your mom and like your baggage and your background like i just want it i just want you to desire me and to just just ha- ha- let's have a good time So I think in those respects, no, please don't tell me uh, that you're nervous. If you, if we are looking for something deeper and romantic, then absolutely. Like, I would love to know, like, Hey, it's okay. Like, let's, let's work this out and you know, like do that. Um, and I think that what women want really varies. Like sometimes, yeah, I want you just to throw me up against the wall and like, just fuck me really good. And there's other times where like, I want it to be slower and more connected and, long you know like more um loving and Mm. and more you know uh, nurturing so I think it kind of but again that requires knowing your partner and asking ahead of time like what are things that turn you on before you get into a situation where you're like oh how do I talk to her about this
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense that's probably what I would have expected as well Mm -hmm. it's interesting though and I think that's that's for me, like why right now in life, until like I feel 100 confident within my own like sexuality and like sort of fully kind of got this problem with porn in the past for good. Because I'm kind of still working on that a little bit. I think mm-hmm. until that point, I would have to opt for the sort of connection, meaningful approach, and take it yeah. easy, um because that's just right for me. And I think that's that's okay. And I think that's like the the best thing to acknowledge as a man if you're in the same boat as me is like. That's OK, man. Like You don't have to go and like have sex on these one night stands because, you know, maybe that's not right for you right now. And maybe in the future it will be or, or it won't. And just do what suits you. Like it's cool. Um, you don't have to follow any cultural trends or norms or do what your friends are doing.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think, again, that's something I definitely have seen with men in their 20s that actually surprises me um, is they are actually a lot of them desire a connection. Like, it's Mm. just, they're just not looking to just fuck anything that walks. And I think that was one of the things that surprised me a lot when I was dating men in their 20s is I just, I had that expectation. I was like, of course you want to have sex with me. And they're like, no, like, I want to get to know
0: you. And I was like,
1: oh, okay, that's surprising. So
0: Mm, mm. yeah, that's interesting. And then I think other times, like for me, if like, I have just got like a good connection with a woman, Mm -hmm. it's like, I've kind of just let go of all of those sort of. Thought. so i'd just be like yeah let's do this and probably would perform fine so it just kind of depends yeah. case by case um but yeah we'll wrap it up there um so where can people find you courtney
1: um, so i'm on social media at courtney boyer coaching so you can find me at instagram linkedin facebook all the places and then awesome. um, my book is on amazon and other major retailers so.
0: okay brilliant Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Um, And I hope any listeners have found this podcast useful. I hope there hasn't been too many triggers. I know some guys listening may have found some of the content in this a little bit triggering if you're trying to quit porn, but um, now you've got this. And thanks for listening. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.